Welcome everyone, this is Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. We're here on site at MJ Biz Con 2022, and my guest here today is who just kind of happened by, Mr. Guy Rocard. I mean, Guy and I have known each other for a couple years. We hadn't talked, Guy. Where have you been, brother? You know, struggling in the <laughs> cannabis game, trying to bring clean cannabis innovation, trying to get the misinformation out of the table. Well, look, well, hold on, guys. He's doing it right because he's the CEO of Poppin' Barkley. Yes. But, you know, so you, you're, you're not doing it alone. So, But, yeah, let's talk about the industry a little bit. It, it has changed since we last talked. Yeah, yeah. Look, I think that, you know, a few years ago, mm-hmm. like most, myself included, yeah. We, got this great adult use in several states, Colorado, California, Washington, Oregon. And all of a sudden we started to see what I call a race to the bottom where folks are just over-refining cannabis. I did the same thing in my first company in Colorado. I wanted all the toys. I wanted short path distillation. But it's occurred to me that when we started Pop and Barkley that, wait, what got this industry here is what's grown in grandma's garden and made in grandma's kitchen. Natural plant medicine should be the top shelf in dispensaries, clean cannabis products. We like to say this word solventless in California and maybe other places uh-huh. that sometimes people will clown us and be like, oh, it's not a real word, but it is. It means we just don't use chemicals to process our cannabis flower. And if that's the case, if we don't use chemicals, it means that the farmer also did the right thing because they gave us clean flour that we can literally shake the trichomes off or just use ice water to get our extracts, right? Mm-hmm. So. I've become doubly passionate about real clean cannabis and consumers understanding where their products come from. It's not that distillate products are bad. It's just like Bud Light is the most popular beer. It's just not what I choose to do. Absolutely. So now as a consumer, what does that look like when I look at Pop and Barkley? So if you were to go into a, a dispensary, let's mm-hmm. say, right, and uh, you're looking for, let's call it a gummy product, or let's go, let's keep it even more medicinal. If you're looking for a medicinal tincture, Mm-hmm. Our tincture is true plant medicine. We soak the flour in the coconut oil, we strain off the biomass, we dilute to potency, that's it. No additional flavor, no nothing. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, it tastes weedy. I'm like, the question is, does it taste bad or does it taste good? Of course it tastes like cannabis. You came to a dispensary for a cannabis product. <laughs> Versus, let's say, a, it's a hell of an answer. Yeah, let's say, let's say there's a, uh, 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 another tincture that has like some <laughs> distillate in it. Well, that's not the same efficacy as the plant-made product and it took a few years for customers to just start to feel that but we really have a we have a ton of just unsolicited uh trust pilot reviews where folks are like when i use your product i feel out throughout my body and i really feel the healing whereas when i use other products i might feel it in my head and it actually has adverse effects right so this whole plant medicine thing is really coming to the forefront and that's what we do at pop and bark okay so are you taking a leadership role in that from doing it, uh, uh, or this 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 whole plant experience that the the consumer has is that something you is that popping Barkley you, you know Gee, are you stepping out and saying that this is what we're going to do to the industry? Yeah, hundred percent. So okay. I mean, we've been clean cannabis from day one. Okay, just in a while, and it, we took a hit because our products, because of that, yeah. are more expensive. Okay. Just, not to go too deep into science, but when we use just ice water or mechanical separation, we don't get all the oil out because we're not using a harsh chemical. So at first, when the commodity price was high, yeah, we couldn't get all the value out of it, and thusly, 
our products were more expensive. It's kind of got a lot, a little bit better now, yeah. but people have to pay for that quality. And it took a while because in the beginning when people were going for the dispensary, they're like, what's the cheapest product? Yeah. Again, that race to the bottom. Yeah. So I started as chief product officer at Pop and Barclay. So I'm passionate about making great products. Yes. I always say that I want to make products that are truthful to the cannabis science. So even if you don't know my brand, if you learn about what quality cannabis is, you'll find me, right? Now as CEO, yeah. I just want to use this little mouthpiece and yeah. let everybody know you have some options out there. And the same way you might go to Whole Foods for organic, when you go to a dispensary, ask, is this clean cannabis? Like, did the farmer do a great job? Do they know at the dispensary? Well, so without, <laughs> without upsetting my retail partner friends, yeah. I think they could do a little bit better at what we call product segmentation. Yeah. If you go into a liquor store, no matter how shady it is, Grey <laughs> Goose is up here in the glass <laughs> bottle and Smirnoff is down here. Yeah. Meanwhile, at most dispensaries, everything's just piled into a case and all the bartender says is, look how potent this is. Well, it's like, that's prohibition scarcity model. Yeah. It's kind of like me walking into a, a liquor store and saying, do you have some moonshine? Right. We do that. Right. We, get, we want quality refined products based on what we can afford. Yeah. And so let's talk about your retail partners. Me as a consumer, and I want to get some Papa Barkley, right? How do you choose them? Well, <laughs> if they <laughs> candidly, the first requirement is that they pay. Right, so in <laughs> that's fair. I, I know the feeling. I get that. In California, at one point, we wanted to be in one hundred percent of dispensaries. Right. Then you know we do deliver to final mile, so we walk that back to ninety because some were just a little too inconvenient for their size. Yeah. And then now we're at about eighty percent because yeah, some of them just struggle, and you know accounts receivable is a real thing. But we do try to be in every in every dispensary because from my advocate days, mm -hmm. safe access is a big thing. So of course I want my brand in as many dispensaries. I want you to be able to find me. Right. So most dispensaries uh, in California carry our Pop and Barkley products. Since I last saw you, we've also branched out. We have P and B Kitchen that does gourmet chocolates and edibles. Again, all nice. solvent rosin driven. Uh -huh. And then we have our concentrate brand, Papa Select, which we'll be introducing a vape pen next year as well. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're, you know, we're fully deployed. It's easy to find us. We will be going multi-state. That's a question that folks ask a lot. Yeah, I, because you're a California-based business. You're kind of the heart of that business in yeah. California, built in a place where cannabis is important. Yeah, and yeah. You know, it's also... A little branding knife fight, you know. Okay. Not only do we have the traditional market and what the what they call burner distros, where you have these unregulated dispensaries <clears throat> that have similar products to licensed dispensaries. We don't play in that. I'm not shaming anybody that does. It's yeah. a it's a weird thing. I, I try not to be hypocritical. I was in the traditional market. Yeah. I worked in the unregulated market, raised my family that way. Yeah. I chose to go license, and now I have this weirdness where it's like, okay. Dispense, licensed dispensaries are struggling, but the market is actually booming. Yeah. And so how does that all shake out? Uh, it, it's a sticky wicket. Right? It's a, it's a sticky wicket, it. but there's a reason. <laughs> what, what's the reason? Well, I think that, oh, well, I have to tell you what the reason yeah. is. Yeah. If I was in any other business and I came to your community and I told you I was going to do 100 jobs, you'd probably give me a tax break. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, here it is. I'm employing over 100 people and I have a 30% excise tax. Got any it. university you go to, you crack over economics 101, mm -hmm. you lower the tax rate, the marketplace grows, you still get the same tax revenue. Meanwhile, yeah. we're getting treated like drug culture uh -huh. with this ridiculous taxation that forces the compliant market to be restricted and of course allows the traditional market. Are they uned are, the, are the, the 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 people who write in the books the laws are they uneducated or are they stubborn? I think they're scared would mm -hmm. be a better thing. It's like again, 
all of us who are alive have been programmed for our entire lives of this is the devil's lettuce. This is the yeah. gateway drug. The and so I lettuce. think legislators at the, uh, in California, specifically at Sacramento, I think it's hard for them to not want to cover their butt. Yeah. So giving the, any nod to the industry, I think there's a fear that that might blow back on them. And so it's slow to move. You know, kudos to the governor, to, mm -hmm. to Mr. Newsom for, you know, at least abating the cultivation tax. We'll start yeah. to feel that. Uh, you know, this year, and uh -huh. maybe that'll help. But really, they should lower the tax rate, let us boom out, and it'll all work out. Some people are like, well, you know, you have uh, a thousand dispensaries, that plenty. I'm like, is it? There's 6,000 liquor stores. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, it's not just 6,000 liquor stores. I have to quote Swami on this. Yeah. Uh, you know, Swami hit me. He was like, whatever, the liquor stores are nothing. How about all the Safeways? How about yeah. all the 7-Eleven? Oh, exactly. How about all the bars? So yeah. our access to alcohol, which is the true gateway drug, the true destroyer of families, is in the tens of thousands of outlets. Oh, by the way, kids are also allowed in those restaurants, right? Yeah. So meanwhile, we're regulated to this thousand, small thousand, and it's like I'm supposed to be like, thank you, master? No. Yeah. Tax and regulate like alcohol, and I'm not going to stop until we get there. Yeah, and, and it'll get there. I believe, I, I really believe it'll get there. Uh, because some of this tax revenue is going to go down, look, right? Yeah. I mean, and then you, you race to the bottom. When I hear race to the bottom, I'm thinking the, the dropping of the price of the flour mm. to the level where you have to lower the price of what you sell, yeah. right? Yeah. And then th th your margins, because the tax revenue for the states and the municipalities are so high, it, it, it's hard to do business. Yeah. Well, again, there's also a mistrust because, again, we're viewed as drug culture people. Right? Yeah. There's still a little residual resentment, maybe yeah. because I raised my family like uh, that. I don't know. Uh -huh. But this notion that we have this produce that apparently, according to the regulators, doesn't go bad is yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah, we're overgrown because farmers this year are still trying to sell their product last year because they can't write it off. Yeah. Right? Any other industry, if I grew corn mm -hmm. and I had 10 bushels and I sold seven uh -huh. and the other three went bad because... Yeah. Guess what? Produce goes bad. It's no longer fresh. I would write that off on my taxes and that would be it. Yeah. That doesn't happen in cannabis. And so now, yeah, there seems like there's a lot of product. There's definitely a lot of bad product. That's because it's two and three years old. As farmers are still trying to sell it. And now we're selling bad cannabis. cannabis. Then you go to a dispensary, you buy cannabis, you wonder why it's so dry. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to call my guy that I used to. Yeah, exactly. And there goes the expansion of the illicit market, right? Yeah. There goes the expansion of the illicit market. Man, I, th that is that's challenging. Indeed. I mean, that is, that is very challenging. I want to talk about some other challenges. Talent, right? How's that working at Papa Barkley? Well, I'm really, really happy to say that I think we, me personally, have okay. influenced this first wave of cannabis professionals, right? Okay. So when we first started taking yeah. investment dollars, a lot of the investor class, they love talent. Mm -hmm. They want to see the Stanfords, the Yales, yeah. the, the pre-experience at Clorox or here yeah. or, or Tylenol. And these are real people. I'm drawing off real experience. Yeah. We, you know, I luckily was blessed with some dollars, so we hired real CPG talent, as uh -huh. they say. Yeah. But these folks come in, and I think what we did right is the first thing I did was like deprogram their cannabis shame. Like, you will respect this plant. It is not just a category. You don't have to use cannabis, but you have to realize. How did you, you do that? Because that's smart. How, how did you deprogram them to, okay, they want to make the job, they want the job, they want the opportunity to work in it, they, that's what they're thinking, right? But how did you get them to respect the plant? Uh, well, respect is earned, and mm -hmm. I think, and, it's, and for us, it's earned through knowledge. I okay. think 
the, well, look, this is the beauty of it. Well, that's what the wine, wine. That's what that's what the wine com yeah, companies it's, do. Yeah, it's pretty same thing. If I can sit uh -huh. in front of somebody like we are now, yeah. and show them the trichome, explain yeah. the plant, take them to Humboldt, see it growing, see the quality of the farmers, like the people, like cannabis is part of this larger greener movement, and the farmers and people who cultivate cannabis are real people of the land, right? Yeah. Most of them want to do it right. Most of them want to use regenerative techniques. Most of them want to be good stewards of the land. Some of them had to cut corners when it was illegal in terms of watershed or what that kind of stuff. But now that we're regulated, we're fixing all those issues. And so I think when you bring somebody from the outside who's always thought of cannabis at arm's length, right. and they start to see the quality of our culture, it becomes a little disarming. And then when they start to see that this is just plant medicine, and for us at Pop and Barkley, it was a little bit easier because we're, we're kind of bulletproof in that way. I'm trying mm -hmm. to create, like one of our taglines is better for you or made for the ones we love, right? So yeah. one of the things I think all our employees feel, and even those who have left and went to other companies, is how this plant can help folks. And I just don't mean medicinally, you know, anxiety, stress, those are real issues as well that cannabis can help, mm -hmm. right? You know, a glass of wine at night is relaxation and wellness. More than that might be something else. Well, why doesn't that also apply to cannabis? And I think that the first thing for these uh, people when they're coming in is to show them that you know what you can use cannabis as moderation just to relax and enhance your wellness so at Poplin Barkley we have an expanded view of wellness whether it's a gummy a capsule or a tincture okay how you use it as an adult is what separates it from for me wellness to whatever they want to call recreational I try to avoid those divisive terms mm -hmm. because we're trying to put cannabis in a box because we haven't figured out the box, box that it yeah, be. yeah right. right so recreational medical those are all terms trying to uh -huh. There's some shame still in that. Yeah, huh? You know? it, yeah. I, I love your mission, man, uh, about trying to release the shame, yeah. right? Embrace the wellness. Em embrace the, the great qualities of a plant that's over 2,000 years old, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it's, a, I have to be candid, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, as a person of color, I yeah. have an understanding of what systemic bias is, yes. right? Yeah. And there was systemic bias against this plant, and so you have to go to the root. Right? Like, uh -huh. you can't just have surface. Like, I will not just be talked to on the surface about the plant. Yeah. Because I see you. I see you, like, again, not to make anybody angry, but I look <laughs> at the beverage industry. Yeah. Right? That's not really pushing numbers on headset, but everybody makes it seem like it's this huge thing. To me, it's like, really, you want it to look like what you already do because you don't want to come and meet me a little bit more than halfway. So you feel like you have to make these beverages. Most of them are distillate. Again, that kind of like not plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And never mind the green part of you moving cans and water weight around. It's like, uh -huh. that's not, that's like a little bit weird, right? And it takes a little bit of talking to them and say, hey, Thanks for coming in the industry. I'm mm -hmm. glad you're accepting, but let's go a little deeper. Uh -huh. And let's realize that cannabis, you need to know, understand the plant, not mm -hmm. make it what you want. Yeah. Right? We need to find a new place for cannabis. It's not like alcohol. Mm -hmm. It's not like pharma. It's not like tobacco. It's cannabis. Let's, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not going to propose to know what that boundary or what cannabis in the future looks like, but I do know what it doesn't look like. It doesn't look like us sitting at a bar drinking cans of, of, of cannabis. It doesn't. Right. Does it, is it a cigar lounge? Maybe not. I don't know. But I want to keep my mind open mm -hmm. and allow us to let that shame go and figure out how we really let this plant roll out and change our lives. Mm. Gee, that's that's great. Are you getting help? <sighs> yeah. I mean, I have a lot of help, dude. Our, our company, yeah. our, 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 again, it, the beauty of like when you do the right thing yeah. and you are constantly in service, you know, and yeah. I do believe in servant leadership, I am in the lead. But all I'm really here to do is support my team members because they get it done, right? Yeah. We have 
I also believe that what's missing in cannabis are artisans, right? Yeah. We have a lot of alpha consumers. When I look at a Jay-Z or a Snoop yeah. Dogg, yeah. they have eyeballs from their other industry and they use cannabis. That's awesome. But they're not cannabis craftspeople, uh -huh. right? I would not wear, you know, couture from, you know, some fashion model. I wear couture from the designer. Yeah. So who are these craftspeople of cannabis? So in our company, we look to uplift them. Jonah Ginsberg, our chocolatier, okay. awesome person. Lindsay okay. Hurley, our confectionery director, okay. the best gummies. Like, And they are not trying to mask the taste of cannabis. They're trying to uplift cannabis, right? Because it's a new flavor. Again, you came to a dispensary. I hope that in five years from now, there is no strawberry flavored gummies. If you want strawberry, go to Sugarfina in the mall. Yeah. You came to the dispensary. So one of the products that I was passionate about that Lindsay cracked the code for us uh -huh. is we produce real strain specific gummies. And if I say that, what does that mean? Well, it means that the only flavor and color in the gummy is the cannabis oil, right? So that when I say this pink lemonade gummy uh -huh. and you put it in your mouth, you're like, oh, that tastes great. It's like, yeah, well, the only flavor and the only color in that gummy is the rosin. Period. It has sugar and mm -hmm. pectin to make the gummy, but there's no artificial flavor, no other color because I wanted it to taste like the pink lemonade strain or the rainbow rubble strain or the garlic cookie strain. And so we have four or five different flavors of these strain that. specific gummies. Yeah. After we put a pin in that, then we started pairing like, you know, gargoyle melonberry with a hint of guava. Right. And it is a hint of guava. Okay. Now I'm pairing awesome cannabis strain flavor with a little bit of other flavor and I'm crafting it, but cannabis is taking the lead because that's the business I'm in. So these artisans are amazing. Lauren Palsamo, our hash director, yeah. you know, runs a team where they sit in an ice cold room all day washing cannabis and ice water to produce arguably the best hash in California. We have <laughs> we have Emerald Cup coming up. Maybe we'll win again. We've you know yeah. we've won before. We have won Legends before. of hash. We have some yeah. folks going there in a couple of weeks. So yeah. you know, the hash game is very ego driven. So we're yes, not gonna it push is. anybody's buttons, but <laughs> I believe we make some really good quality solventless hash. Uh -huh. And then to be able to decarboxylate that while keeping the terpenes in to drive a confection, mm -hmm. yeah, that's innovation. You yeah. know, you want to go to some pharma tech company to try to encapsulate with chemicals and nano and stabilizers so maybe it hits my body quick. Uh -huh. I'm not saying that we don't get there, but I know what works, the plant. And the truer and the closer I can be to the plant, that means the truer and the closer I am to a thousand years of anecdotal evidence. I don't know about this new stuff. Yeah. When we let universities research it, yeah. like really? Yeah. Then you can talk to me about all the innovations that you're coming up. But right now, we're shooting at the wall in innovations with no real research backup. But meanwhile, we have this amazing plant with thousands of years of history. Yeah. Try to be closer to the plant. That's what I'm trying to do. I love it, Gary. And I have these great artists that are supporting me, and they are the stars. I love it. And, and you're uplifting them? Yeah. You're yeah. bringing them up? Yeah. And, and, and you know, they're, they're going to be like the winemakers of the industry? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Let's exactly. do it, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about that. Yeah. My Let's one, do that. My one regret last yeah. year at the Emerald Cup is yeah. like, I, I, I felt like I still wanted to go on stage. So I went on stage <laughs> with them, and in, in, in hindsight, this year, you know, if we win, they should take the stage. Uh, they made the product, mm -hmm. right? And, and and yeah, and that's yes. That's what need, you want to see. That's right. We need canvas art. Are you encouraging other folks in your position that are running other companies who are making different products and saying there are different things to do what you're doing? Yeah, to the extent that I can. Yeah. You know, usually it comes out in the form of like, you know, that again. CPG versus Fifth Avenue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. CPG is off-the-shelf recipes, bulk products in Target and Walmart and all yeah. that. Fifth Avenue is curated by designers, craftspeople, and a story. Sometimes, you know, investors will be like, wow, there's no margin. Then I'm like, really? 
You know the difference between a 50% margin and a 1,000% margin? It's story and culture. I could buy a bottle of two-buck Chuck, or I could bottle, uh, buy a bottle for 500 bucks. Uh -huh. The difference is that $500 bottle came from that vineyard in that region yeah. by this craftsperson. Yeah. We have that already in cannabis, but they don't realize it because exactly. they only look at us as drug culture. And so I have to like pull that code back and be like, no, you don't understand. I, I There's see legacy it. and culture here yeah. that people will buy into. Like when you spend $250 for that little shot of Louis that they have to like suck out, yeah. you're doing it because you know there's a finite Fine. amount of that That's and you're right. part of a small group. Well, when somebody grows this awesome strain in Humboldt, right, and you get that, and yeah, you have to pay a premium, but now you're part of that select group, group that had that I, thing, you know? Exactly. So, get them to sign the, you know, sign it. Yeah. You well, put their I, name on it. I, you know, one of the things you know? thinking about with this whole yeah, I token uh -huh. is like maybe putting that, so like for our hash, for instance, yeah. like if you got last year the strawberry jam jam it might have been nice if it had a qr code that had like yes. a little thing on it say so this that, is the this is the 2021 version yeah. that won this award exactly right and i had it yeah right? let's do that yeah. you got to do that gee uh -huh. it's in the works it's in the works because i you know i think that you know one way yeah this whole artwork nft thing maybe yeah that's above my head mm -hmm. but i could see that if i came to your social media page yeah and like you know back in the day when i was younger we could collect concert tickets and stuff right. i do see these non-fudgeable tokens as like event markers uh -huh. or markers of like I got that. Like, oh, yeah, I did smoke that. What was it that last year? Uh, it wasn't us. It was this farm in Humboldt called White Thorn Rose. Uh -huh. Like, I, you know, it's hard to lose if you have some ego on you. Yeah. But I have to tell you, I dabbed this, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you guys got it. It's fire. I just fire. You got to respect the fire. <laughs> I got to respect the fire. Um, and, yes, and gotta respect. I would have been great if I had like a little thing so that yeah. know, five years from now and somebody's like, oh, there was this thing called White Thorn Rose. I'd be like, yeah, I, I had one. it. I've <laughs> here, proof that I had it. You know, something like that. So I like we're that. working on that. I like that. I like that. So legislation. So what what are you what are your thoughts about the lame duck session? Is this our only time? Because I'm hearing people say this is the best time possible for us to get this Safe Banking Act or something like safe that. Safe Banking is one thing, because I'd love to have the 280E burden yeah. off and be able to just claim some write-offs. Right? Exactly. But when it comes to scheduling and all that craziness, yeah. we have to pump our brakes. Okay. And the first thing we have to do is stop the infighting. I hate to use this analogy, but we need an NRA-style lobby. I'm not the biggest fan of the NRA. Yeah. However, what they have done, respect what you, they have You gotta done respect right. the, okay? yeah, yeah. And right now, yeah. if, you know, when Joe, like, says, hey, Let's look at rescheduling. Right now, if at the Washington level, they start thinking about rescheduling or descheduling cannabis, we don't have a singular voice there. You know who does? Pharma, tobacco, yeah. alcohol. Our natural enemies are poised to write laws in Washington. Do you think it's going to benefit us? They know we're coming to take market share. Yeah. That's a fact, right? There's no way around that. And so I'm a little concerned about all the infighting. Here's another term, as a person of color, you might understand, this concept yeah. of crabs in a bucket. Oh, That's yeah, where yeah. we are in cannabis. Yeah. Whether it's NCIA, ASA, MPP, yeah. instead of all of us getting together with yeah. one singular voice, with a real tranche of cash, yeah. no, everybody wants to start their own association, every state wants to be independent, and anybody that gets ahead gets shade from their own industry. And now we are voiceless, and who's going to really design our future are natural enemies of tobacco, farmer, alcohol. So the first thing we need to do is start to get that one singular voice as an industry so that when we do have some changes, it at least comes out the right way. Yeah, I think that's smart. That is absolutely smart. So Papa Barkley, you bring a lot of people with you? Not this year. Uh -huh. Times are tough, but uh -huh. I do have a, a few team members here. Uh -huh. You know, the big thing for us now is 
So I think the industry is in an inflection point. Okay. I got a lot of money that came in early, uh -huh. built all this great manufacturing space, and it's I'm overbuilt, uh -huh. right? And so luckily, some partners weren't overbuilt, and so we're now pivoting and making our manufacturing facility a contract manufacturer. So okay. I have to start to look at all my business units as uh -huh. separate. So the brands are doing great. Okay, right? we have three brands: Papa and Barkley, PMB Kitchen, and Papa Select. Uh -huh. But our manufacturing facility, I just had to put our folks on work share, and that hurt my heart, dude. Yeah. Our guys are now down to three days a week, and yeah. gals. I'm sorry, yeah. down to three days a week, and that's not good. So now we're really aggressively here looking for people that want quality contract manufacturing. Solventless okay. clean cannabis is all we do. Okay. So we'll be bringing desolate into the house. But okay. if you want to create a great hash rosin gummy for your brand, yeah. if you're coming out of another state and you want to try to get into the branding knife fight, you don't need to get a license. Like when we started this, everybody had to get a license and wait for license. Now kind of like typical uh -huh. products, you could just create your brand, Partner with me, mm -hmm. I'll make it, I'll distribute it. Yeah. You know, I might even be able to do the sales force. All you have to do is the marketing. Right. You own no license, but now your cannabis brand is deployed in, in California. So that's what we're going out in MJ BizCon this year to, to offer solventless inputs too. So for those who manufacture their own product, if they want good hash rods and key mm -hmm. infused oils so that they can, you know, power their products with, you know, a good solventless input, we're offering that. If they want distribution, our distribution outfit delivers to the final mile and has hubs in Los Angeles, Berkeley, and Humboldt. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, if they want gummies or vapes or pre-rolls or topicals or chocolates made, we're definitely going to be, I think, one of the bigger chocolates. I mean, kudos to Kiva. I mean, uh, I know they're the best known. Yeah. But uh, Jonah, uh, right before the money dried up, we were able to build an amazing GMP chocolate room that has nice. all the toys, right? Nice. So our nice. filled bites right now are amongst the best chocolates mm -hmm. uh, in, in California. We're coming out with the panned bites. Um, okay. You know, we have all kinds of bars and, okay. and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it, it's exciting times uh, at Pop and Barkley. But I think for me, as from a business perspective, I needed all those individual business units to now be individual businesses. So this yeah. year, it's about getting the contract manufacturing going so that the manufacturing facility is standalone. And yeah. a lot of this is from you know some of the predatory behavior of last year. There, yeah, I was getting lean on cash. Yeah, and folks are like coming in trying to buy the company from you know pennies on the dollar. Yeah. and all they want is the brand. Right. Right. And I'm like, what about all these hundred people and families that I'm responsible for? That's just going to go away. I was like, yeah. no. So now that manufacturing facility, no matter what, needs to be operating and creating products for a lot of brands so that it lives forever exactly. in this little corner of Humboldt. And the farmers that we support also get to eat. Um, and then on the distribution side, hopefully I can also find my way to be distributing to Final Mile uh -huh. on a regular basis and keep that business alive. It's obviously one of the more vulnerable ones as some of these larger distributors are starting to crop up. Uh -huh. But just like the retailers haven't done product segmentation, I don't think that these distribution arms have either. Like if you are a liquor provider, usually you have, you know, a curated menu of the right wines and stuff. And right. then, you know, as a bar owner or a restaurant, you might have a couple of vendors that fill up your uh -huh. different stuff. So I think for our distribution company, if we focus on strictly solventless and top tier products, mm -hmm. yeah, you might have. Again, I don't want to no, understand. You might have this other distribution service uh -huh. that fills all the lower shelves, and then you might have us that puts the, your the, premium band. I think that's smart. I, I really do, man. And I, I really appreciate you, you know, uh, coming by, coming by the show, and and spending some time with us here at MJ BizCon 2022. Um, really special. I, I love listening to you talk. <laughs> Thank you. You have such passion, but such knowledge, and uh, some just ideas that. Just not that hard to implement if you just get the momentum going right in the right direction. And I want to thank everyone for showing up here today on Plant Profits. And our, my guest today 
Guy Rocard, who is the CEO of Papa and Barkley. And um, I want to thank everybody for uh, showing up here on Plant Profits. I'm your host, Vern Davis, and Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.